0: Hey, hey guys,
1: welcome to episode three down under meets Deutschland of season two. And uh, we finally blew even further south now. We started up in Hamburg and uh, we've made it down to Munich. I'm very happy to speak to Alex Lockwood today. And uh, Alex has been living in Munich for a few years now, and he's gonna give us a little rundown on how that's been and um, what's what, what the decision was, how he made it to end up there with his um, with his partner. And um, yeah, Munich, it's not a strange name at all. Um, everybody's probably heard of once in their life or a little bit about the city itself in the great state of Bavaria. Now, Munich of course is home to um, not only Alex, uh, but to Oktoberfest, which technically starts in September. BMW is also, it's the worldwide headquarters of BMW. So there's the cars that you have noticed around the world, especially in Australia and in Germany, that's um, where it all began. Um, also the 1972 Olympics that had a little bit of controversy um, in Munich. And actually, afterwards, um, the city decided uh, during the Olympics to close down the old city streets and um, make it only pedestrian-only. And since then, they've actually kept it that way. And so, you'll find all through the old city of Munich, it's so all we'll, we'll just walkabout down under Mitts Deutschland. Nippy November um, over here. Anyway, if you're those listening to in, in Australia, please um, think of us uh, as we're putting on those extra layers of jackets and beanies and scars, where you guys are uh, taking a little lunch break and having a dip down at the uh, ocean on a warm, late spring days. Anyway, down underneath Deutschland, no jealousy involved here. Enjoy
0: episode three with Alex. What brought me to Munich was... um... I met my um, my girlfriend um, Kat in in London while I was living in London. Um, she's German, and we we sort of had enough of London life after a, a certain period of time. We were living there for for about seven years together, and um, we just had had enough of the big city life. and We we were looking for somewhere to move, and um, and Germany sort of came up on the list. and um, And then we were looking for somewhere to live in Germany, and then Munich was the kind of city where we. Where we sort of picked, basically because of its location, you know, in Central Europe, it's it's um, it's a quieter city than 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 London, for example, over through a process of elimination, and um, and then the question came of getting a job uh, here, um, that was a bit of a challenge. Um, I work as a as, a, as a, a, a engineer in construction. Some of the job
1: interviews were a little bit challenging with the language barrier but was also a barrier with sort of certificates and qualifications as well
0: uh no it turned out not to be no that they just sort of took took my australian qualifications as they were on their merits the language was a big thing everywhere i went you know that really was i (laughs) i had one guy interview me and um and the language was a bit of a problem and the interview sort of went fairly poorly and and then he, he kind of said to me in the interview oh have you got a um you know why are you moving to Germany? And I said, Oh, my 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 other half is German. And he went, Oh, his eyes lit up. And he goes, This guy goes, Oh, is she is she an engineer as well? And I said, Yes, because she is. Yeah, she's in the same industry, you know. And he goes, Oh, can I interview her? And first thing he said to her was, Well, I'd much rather hire you than your 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 boyfriend. His German's terrible, <laughs> And so cat flies back to London, and ne- next day there's there's like a job offer in her inbox, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and then I had other people just ring me up and say, yeah, you sound really nice, but your German's terrible and a, and a few other things. I had a few other kind of stories like that. And then in the end, um, I, I just found a, an employer who spoke some English and the, the, the job interview was conducted in English. and then He just said, well, you just have to learn German on the job, you know. <laughs> the company I work for, does big they do big international projects that are English-speaking. Right. But construction is just one of those industries that's quite sort of domestic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the rules and regulations and qualifications and, 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 and it's, all, it's all kind of like German speaking, you know.
1: Has your German improved uh, from work, to working and to learn by doing, I
0: suppose? Learn by doing. Yeah, once you start working in it and using it every day, it comes very quickly. It, 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 I mean, honestly, it really, working in the language is the best way to improve it, it really is. Um, and then there's the whole thing of like lunch breaks together, you know, we, we, or events together, like work events. You sit there and you chat to the German guys, you know, in German because they, they want to speak German because they're comfortable, obviously. Mm. Really, speaking is really the best way to learn a language. I can't really think of any other better way to do it because it's it's active usage rather than passive usage.
1: So would you say Munich's the best city in Germany?
0: <laughs> this is a loaded question. I think Munich is the best city to live in if it suits you, you know. Mm. Um and if you can, if you can put up with the people, uh, it, the people are snobs. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, mm. You know, there is there is a lot of cash sloshing around here. Um, um, best city in Germany by many measures would have to be Berlin. I would have thought it's the capital. You know, it's where it's at. It's where it's all happening. Mm. Um, it's got the best startup culture. It's better better startup culture than Munich's. Um, depends how you measure it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Has it been sort of easy to identify yourself in Europe coming from a city like Adelaide?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, definitely the cafe culture and stuff like that was not not something unfamiliar to me, the sort of European cafe culture. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Germany and Australia are quite compatible cultures. You know, the sort of hard working, um, hard partying um, culture is reciprocal. You know, mm. I think a, a lot of Australia is largely made up of immigrants and settlers and things like that, and, and lots of them were Germans, you know, mm. particularly in South Australia. South Australia had, had, a, had a large population of German settlers, mm. um, and there might be a little bit in that.
1: Looking back as a child, was this a dream to be living abroad or could you have ever imagined it um, ending up in Europe or Germany?
0: Not Germany. I could have, I could have imagined ending up in, in, in say, somewhere like the United States or the UK, Um or Canada, um, and I think my I think my grandpa, who was in the British Army, is is dead now. I think he would have probably be he'd probably be turning in his grave, knowing that I was living in the land of the Nazis. You know.
1: <laughs> so speaking of Adelaide, um, what have you left behind? Is still family, and um, what are you missing too at the moment? I
0: guess. Um, well, yeah, I've left my mum is still there. Um, my dad died last year. Um, not of coronavirus of, of, of old age, really. Yeah. Um, shortly before the pandemic broke out, um, so we've left a little bit of that behind. And a brother, and 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 just like a friendship circle, we still keep we still keep in fairly close contact um, with my friendship circle down uh, down there in Adelaide. Um, I have gone back for weddings and things like that. I've still got fairly strong roots there, you know, um, and um, fairly robust social contacts there. The most, the biggest thing, the hardest thing about it is not being. And coronavirus has has exacerbated these separations by a hundredfold. Because I used to, I used to see my parents um, or my dad and my brother once a year or less than that, even. Mm. Um, Because you know the deal was that they're always a twenty-four hour flight away, and and, um, you know Australia's travel restrictions, um, as a reaction to the virus, um, have have really really change that deal you know australian products or
1: icons uh, do you miss uh, anything in particular right now i mean a lot of people say the tim tams is always a big um, heartbreak not to have but anything special for you
0: uh definitely not tim tams i think they're disgusting they're too sweet and they're horrible <laughs> no I, I, I definitely do miss um the temperature that australian beer is served i think that's really really great to have a beer that's served like one just below freezing yeah I miss, um, like, Australian pub grub, you know, like like um, salt and pepper squid and this kind of stuff, you know. He's out like a light. Now, how would you explain that to a German? Oh, in German, I'd have to say, ich bin, ich bin sofort eingeschlafen. So, like, <laughs> I fell asleep immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, out like a light. Uh, aus, aus wie ein Licht, like, no, it just doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense, you know.
1: <laughs> Let's get on with the German culture. Um, what do you admire mostly about it? What's some highlight for you that you've, you you kind of
0: like? Oh, it's, it's definitely the, the um, I like the way it's kind of a grown-up society in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, pe- the way people behave, um, they have a certain conduct, a certain social contract or a certain social conduct in, insofar as the way they behave um there's a high level of trust in in german society which i think is a good basis for a functioning um sort of society you know people tend to trust each other until you give you give them a reason not to if you like so the, the first instinct is to trust someone i, I, I use the example often of, of a thing called ebay kleinanzeige which is a um kind of like a, a an online marketplace like a gum tree kind of thing um and that all that to me everyone's everyone behaves on that really honestly you know, everyone does shows up when they say they're going to show up to a, to inspect a product. Um, products are always described exactly as they are. People always pay the right amount for something. They don't try and shaft you or anything like this.
1: Anything you don't admire that you would like to comment about the culture. You know,
0: when I'm working with them, they just go into so much detail over the most irrelevant thing, mm-hmm. and to me, it's just so annoying. When we've got a, we've got a big task to do, like a you know, an entire building to sort of look at, and it's holistically, you know, we've got to look at the big picture and um, we've got to attack it from a, a kind of a big picture approach. And if we get stuck in little details, we're not going to finish the, the whole job, you know. I just think they, they're, 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 their whole approach to conversation is completely wrong sometimes. Not always. Some Germans are very interesting people,
1: mm. uh, all right, so obviously it's a place of custom and tradition, Germany. Is there um, anything that in particular stands out that you've adopted to, such as, um, yeah, the beer on the street or coffee and cake in the afternoon or shaking hands every time you meet someone or the Sunday stroll?
0: Drinking beer on the street. I mean, I already did that anyway before I moved here. <laughs> Not like out of a paper bag in the gutter. I mean, kind of, you know, walking down <laughs> Walking down the street to a party or something like that with a, with a beer in hand, um, coffee and cake, yeah, that is a tradition. Sometimes I do that with cat's um, parents who are very keen on coffee and cake.
1: Anything in the media or German programs on newspapers that you follow?
0: Yeah, I read the. I like to read the the German tabloid press, um, like the, the Bild Zeitung. Can um, be a bit of a laugh to read. Um, and, you know, the, the, the evening papers that you buy from the little, the little vending machines, on the, the little vending boxes on the sides of the road for, for a euro. Mm. I tend to like to read those a couple of times a week. Um, mm. They just make an easy read on the bus on the way home from work, you know, rather than just staring at a smartphone all the time. Um, and then, yeah, we watch, you know, we watch German news occasionally, the, the uh, Tagesschau. And then I keep the, the Spiegel app on my phone. So yeah, I don't I don't especially have a favourite. I do like reading Bild Zeitung. I know Bild has a has a reputation as being a trashy tabloid, which kind of is.
1: Speaking of um, tabloids and the newspaper, I guess lately it's been all about politics in the air. Mm. Any comments about you know how the election went and the big changes for Germany with the big three parties forming a, a traffic light system?
0: Yeah, so the 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 traffic light coalition refers to the um, to the general colour of the three main parties. So in Germany, because of their sort of, they have a, an electoral system that's kind of like proportional representation. And what that means is they, they pretty much never finish up with an absolute majority um, in, in, in Germany. So what that means is, is that they have to form, after an election, they will have to form coalitions to gain a majority in the Bundestag, which the Bundestag is basically their the equivalent of their lower house, if you like. So they form coalitions so what that means is you often get parties who are not very ideologically aligned um scrambling to form coalitions in horse trading after elections um the first one will be the social uh, social democrats the spd so they'll, they'll be red because they're left so left is traditionally the red parties yeah and greens will be the green part of the traffic light and they're just the greens but the Green Party in Germany are almost like a centrist party. They're not left-wing, crank environmentalists like they are in other parts of the world. Um, they're actually quite a pragmatic sort of centrist party. And then the yellow refers to um, a liberal party, which really are called the Free Democrats, which are a um, kind of a libertarian-leaning, low-tax, sort of slightly centre-right, rightish sort of party. They're quite moderate, actually. They're not like... the they're not the equivalent of the Australian Liberal Democrats, who are quite libertarian. Um, they're sort of a centre-right, low-tax party, and they're the yellow. So those three colours form up the form that the traffic light coalition might be might be good for the country. I don't know. It's we, we need to sort of see what the next four years bring.
1: Apart from the current uh, state of politics in Australia, um, casting your mind back, was there ever a sort of beloved prime minister that you could really think about?
0: Um, and Bob Hawke always springs to mind, um, but people do tend to look at the past through rose colored glasses. I suspect probably for me, the most influential prime minister was John Howard. Um, quite simply because, you know, during my formative years, he was, he was sort of always around, you know, he, he steered the Australian economy into, into, through some reforms, which made it quite a wealthy place. Um, we helped do that, um. I think in his later years, he got a bit power hungry and sort of lost it a little bit. and It was probably, it was probably time for him to leave when he did eventually get voted out in, in 2007. Um, so those two stick in my mind, him and him and really and Bob Hawke. If you could tell your past
1: self before you moved to Europe or uh, Germany, what would you tell others as a bit of advice for pre- preparation to, um, to arrive, to land in Germany in a sort
0: of a way that would make things a bit easier? Don't expect people to think that you're somehow special by being a foreigner or or an Aussie or something. Like, just expect to be treated like any other foreigner in a in a in a country. I think I, I would tell someone to just be be a bit like a sponge and just soak up as much as you can about the about the way people do things and the way Germany functions as a country. Germany Germany has quite a unique way of functioning as a, as a country, you know, with its bureaucracy and with its um, with its kind of uh, um, you know slightly slow way of doing things and th- the best thing to do is not get too angry about it just kind of accept it and, and run with it a little bit rather than going oh you know oh, why are they doing this like this everything's better in australia and in australia we'd never do that and in australia we'd never do that that kind of toxic thinking is not helpful you know if you mm. do it, it's great and i think I would, I would definitely do that and then the second thing i'd advise anyone is just to learn the languages or as much as you can before you came before you come here
1: Big thanks to Alex Lockwood for his time on Down on the East Deutschland's episode three, season two. And, uh, yeah, Munich, what a the place to be. Now, also something that's very significant to explain about Munich is, um, that it's not that cheap a place to live in. Now, Munich is actually up there as one of the most wealthiest places, if not the wealthiest in, um, cost-wise, I mean, um. I don't know about the pool of wealth itself, but um cost wise for a flat in Munich is getting very high indeed, and it's definitely uh balked at as um the place where all the doctors and lawyers and the elite um reside in Germany. Now um Alex Sims has found his way there um okay, but uh in case you are looking for an affordable place to live in Germany, just consider that Munich uh, could be on the high end of things anyway. What else we got about Munich, just to finish up? Um, in case uh, you are sort of traveling around Germany with a surfboard in hand, um, you wouldn't think that, but actually um, Munich does have a, a little surfing spot. They've created a man-made uh, dam, not too far from the city center, where you can go down and catch a wave in a man-made wave uh, pool. Um, always a place to find a beer as well in uh, in, in Munich, and um, not just because of Oktoberfest, but. Um, it's also got, uh, so many breweries and selections of beer, um, including the fact that, um, during the 30, 30 year war, the king of Sweden, Gustav, I think his name was, um, invaded the city, took it over and was going to destroy it completely until he, uh, parted ways with, um, many, th- uh, hundred thousands of uh, barrels of beer as a trade-off. So. Um, the local munich people um, bavarians uh, were able to get out of uh, trouble with their beer beer is also considered <laughs> a food in the state of bavaria so yeah just to give you a bit of a spiel on munich a little tourist uh, kind of uh, attraction in case you're looking on the map where do i go in germany definitely check out munich it's definitely top on the list along with uh, berlin and hamburg dresden uh, many of the cities have a highlight charm to it anyway down under meets deutschland thanks for coming guys uh, episode three down join in for the next one we actually don't even know who i'm interviewing yet at the time of speaking so it's going to be a mystery person stay tuned for that one down under meets deutschland episode three bye